leadership consistently thinks what makes sense for growth, what makes sense for the ability to respond quickly. And so when you look at the aspects of being able to respond quickly, organizationally, they were very, very supportive and, and felt like that was a good business direction. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. As we speak to CEOs, COOs, and CIOs, and frankly, other business leaders around the country, we find that there are still a lot of myths about technology. So much so that we felt it was time to bust those myths once and for all. So welcome to our new series, Mythbusters, Cloud, Security, and Innovation. Like the much more famous Mythbusters TV show, we're going to dive into several myths and through interviews, case studies, and data, bust that myth. Follow us over the next six months as we share blogs, infographics, and of course, podcast episodes. On the second Monday of each month, we here on Status Go will interview a peer CIO, CTO, or business owner who has successfully busted the myth that we're talking about. Two weeks later, we will hear from an InterVision expert who will further destroy that myth. Now, one of the myths that we most often hear when speaking with technology professionals in the SMB space is that cloud is only for large companies. Today, we are joined by Troy Collison. Troy is the CIO for Weinstein Properties. Weinstein is a property management firm that specializes in multifamily units and communities. So, Troy, welcome to Status Go. Hey, Jeff. Uh, Glad to be here. Well, I always love to start with talking with the guest about their background, their career journey. I think our listeners appreciate hearing how other people have gotten to the position where where they are today. So share a little bit about your background and your journey and what brings you to Weinstein. Sure. Um, wow. I've been in IT a long time and uh, <laughs> I don't want to uh, refer to the number of years in that regard. Just say well experienced. Uh, <laughs> But I can remember the days of uh, coding HTML and uh, mainframes and all that uh, fun technology. Uh, I uh, basically grew up my career within the the Richmond space. So I've worked with a number of uh, Richmond, Virginia companies over the years and had opportunities to get exposure both on the infrastructure side and the application development side. So uh, worked within uh, printing industry, worked within healthcare, engineering. Um, and then over that time period, I had, you know, the chance to, to experience both application development and the, the whole world that encompasses that and designing requirements and working through all that. Uh, and it's certainly a lot of challenges and very interesting. And then uh, on the flip side, I had the opportunity to work with infrastructure side. So this opportunity came open with Weinstein in terms of the opportunity to have exposure to both infrastructure and application development. And so said, hey, let's um, 
it's a new space certainly for me. I hadn't worked in real estate and property management, but uh, took the leap and it's been a a, a great ride so far. Excellent. Real estate is an interesting uh, sector to be in, isn't it? It, it, Oh, it's uh, challenges. Very, very interesting. And certainly the opportunity to see how the space changes within aspects of the economy and how that then impacts. And then certainly there are aspects of regulation and uh, all those different uh, parameters have some sort of impact to how yeah. we manage our IT. Well, and the technology that's used in in real estate, especially in uh, multifamily, uh, has got to be fascinating as well. Oh, it is. It really is. As you look and see... My kids, for example, they've grown up, they don't need a key, right? They're used to a key lock, right? Uh And nowadays, of course, you have apps on your phone to be able to get into the garage or get into the door. And so as you look at the next generation coming in, what they're used to in terms of Alexa controlling the thermostat or Mm -hmm. the aspect of not having a key or being able to just uh, give a virtual key for somebody to come up and visit. All those things are dramatically impacting the landscape of how you have apartment living and, and, and multifamily living. Yeah, I, I, I bet it is. I, I was in the, the real estate space a, a number of years ago, but we were more on the, the retail office space. And even that, the technology was changing. Uh, but what I'd love to do is uh, do a bit of time travel here. Let's go back in time a bit. And what did the technology stack at Weinstein look like before they embarked on their cloud journey? Sure. It was a infrastructure very similar to other companies in terms of you had your typical Windows servers, you had Active Directory, so and certainly you had aspects of Cisco in terms of switches and uh, the routers and then your wide area network connection, that kind of thing. So it was fairly straightforward infrastructure for uh, an organization that was serving uh, upwards of four or 500 people in terms of file shares and Mm -hmm. your directory services and other aspects of applications that were there were housed locally um, and certainly you had the notion that corporate had a centralized data center that yeah. data center had fire suppression uh, it had obviously the temperature control and, and management and then you had your aspects of alerting if the temperature went off that kind of yeah. thing so i very straightforward in terms of uh, using Dell and, and a mixture of uh, yeah. HP uh, infrastructure to support the various servers that were were utilized within the day to day operations. Was it was it a company owned data center or was it yes. in a colo? It was a company owned data center. Okay. So okay. Uh, the corporate office had infrastructure built out to support yeah. various aspects of what a data center needs in terms of uh, the, the monitoring, fire suppression, that, those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. And and I know from my experience in the real estate world, uh, your cost per square foot of what you're taking up 
uh, is a big topic of conversation in the real estate space. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're getting for your value per square foot is absolutely yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and you're Thank taking you it up with a data center. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Right. Can yeah. we be repurposing it for other opportunities in terms of uh, any number of uh, different areas? Uh, for securing uh, important inventory, like refrigerant, for example, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just different things that we would need to be uh, storing mechanical wise, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I know they started, Weinstein started uh, a little bit on their cloud journey b- before you got there. But take us through that cloud journey. What What were the first things that uh, move to the cloud, and then take us through what you've been doing uh, since. Sure. So what really took place was uh, in-depth analysis of the different capabilities within that infrastructure. So looking at, like I said, file share, print, uh, Active Directory, email, uh, Exchange, um, all those different capabilities uh, were evaluated and said, okay, what makes the most sense in partnership uh, with our, our, our technology vendor to be able to say, hey, how do we best structure this so that we can implement each component and then obviously test and validate? And so it was a process by which, uh, you know, working on weekends and mm-hmm. overnight, that kind of thing, uh, we would make the move uh, to the cloud for a given set of services and then do a round of validation, uh, take the, 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 the look for the edge cases, look for those things that, oh, you know, there's maybe some dependencies that you yeah, need to con- yeah. take into consideration, right? If, if you move this uh, server and this uh, piece of uh, application, they need to make sure that they're in sync, right? So you have to do various aspects of making sure that all those dependencies, when you do test, you're, you're, you're testing what you move to the cloud and not, you know, mapping back to the, the corporate data center. So there's, there's yeah, a lot yeah. to, to consider as, as you go through that. So a phased approach so that eventually down the, you know, over time, we were able to do the full migration and then have those capabilities all sitting. And in our case, we made the decision to go with Azure. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a Microsoft environment. It made sense to continue and support that Microsoft uh, infrastructure. We've had, uh, you know, good success with that. And it's been uh, stability, the aspects of of supporting the various uh, services that we have through like Active Directory and integrated to our SSO and that kind of thing. We just found that Azure was a a good fit for us and continues to be a good fit. What were some of the business drivers that Weinstein was looking at to move from an on-premises data center to a a cloud-based data center? I think organizationally, they leadership consistently thinks what makes sense for growth, what makes sense for the ability to respond quickly. And so 
I, I've been very impressed from a leadership perspective as the organization looks, they quickly grasp the, the dynamics to be able to say, hey, if we want to be able to spin up some new capability, we can do that so much quicker from a cloud mm-hmm. perspective. So I think the, the business tenants were, one, the ability to have dynamic and very responsive capabilities of our infrastructure to meet those operational needs. So that if we wanted to try some aspect of a a system or capability, we could respond quickly and put a POC up uh, very quickly and and be able to take a look at it and work with it. Um, And certainly other business drivers are, are, the organization is continues to, to grow and have requirements that systems be up mm-hmm. uh, and be stable and we don't have uh, a, a server crash or a router <laughs> crash or, or mm-hmm. you know, some, some sort of uh, issue, right? And so I think when you look at the aspects of being able to respond quickly, the aspects of stability uh, in terms of what you get with the cloud, organizationally, they were very, very supportive and, and yeah. felt like that was a good business direction uh, from a operational perspective. Was system uptime one of the problems? I'll, I'll use air quotes that our, our listeners can't see. Uh, that, that the organization was trying to solve with the move to the cloud? Was that an issue that you were faced with? Some of that was a little before my time, certainly in the sense that uh, they did have uh, some issues, uh, classic, right, situations mm-hmm. where you may have a, a spanning tree protocol blow up, um, those types of uh, types of situations that certainly um, would impact. And as today, organizations now over 60 properties, so having availability of those resources, I think combined with some of the, the issues that had impacted downtime, that kind of thing were Mm -hmm. certainly came into play as a a, a directional reason why we would want to make that kind of move because of the anticipated uh, stability and, Obviously, from a cloud perspective, you're you're taking advantage of a, a lot of benefits in the sense that um, you have those engineers, those knowledgeable staff that are that are that are dealing with all you know. That's their job every day. Whereas we're smaller IT shop, we we wear multiple hats. We don't we don't have the time to dive so deep into every aspect of what makes uh, a tier one data center, uh, whether that be the infrastructure of the fire suppression or the air conditioning or heating or, or humidifying, or whether it be the monitoring and all the different capabilities that are in play there. Um, it just, it makes more sense to be able to tap those resources and understand that you've got effectively a whole team of professional that that's what they do day in, day out, uh, yeah. supporting your infrastructure. I, I want to dive more into some of those, uh, I'll call them the intangible benefits that you've gotten out of this cloud migration, but we're going to pause right there 
uh, and listen to a quick word from InterVision Systems. InterVision Systems is the publisher of the Status Go podcast. Unlock the power of more with InterVision Systems. We provide the cutting-edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. And if you do want to contact InterVision, go to intervision.com slash myths, that's M-Y-T-H-S, uh, for information about this series that we're running right now and all of the myths that we are busting. So, Troy, I want to get back to our, our conversation. And you you were getting into some of the those intangible benefits that companies realize that, that maybe that's not their initial driver for going to the cloud, but they begin to to realize these benefits. What are some of those that you have encountered that you've gotten from this journey to the cloud? I, I think what I've seen is some of the capabilities that are available within Azure. So for example, directionally, we wanted to move to SSO um, as, a, as a key tenant for the organization, just ease of navigation, streamline for people. Uh, and then certainly we also had a lot of tickets for resetting passwords, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. In that sense, we were able to use some of the capabilities that came with Active Directory uh, or, or Azure AD uh, and the supporting services that allowed us to effectively implement SSO. So a lot of the applications that we use already had built-in connectors with Azure. Uh, we could uh, tap and make use of those connectors. And pretty quickly, uh, you know, as compared to my previous experience where we would have to, to code that in Java and, uh, and go through the various aspects of, of testing and so <laughs> forth, uh, yeah. you know, fun and, you know, it would work and then not work. And anyway, those types of services are just so valuable for an organization our size where we don't necessarily have the breadth and depth to be able to dive into the deep technical troubleshooting or issues or that kind of thing. It worked, right? We yeah, went through yeah. it and certainly we, we had a couple times where we had some things we had to work through, but it most part, it just worked and it was already pre-built. So that's just one example of those base services that we are tapping and making use of or have made use of that allow us to just organizationally, we were able to SSO enable a number of applications fairly quickly. Uh, it was yeah. more of a operational thing than necessarily a technical thing that uh, really impacted our pace because we were you know, working with people and changing some of the policy and that kind of thing. So that would be one example. And certainly there are many other Azure services that are, that are out there that we're continuing to explore and learn more about that mm -hmm. from the cloud perspective, uh, whether that's better management of our infrastructure in terms of uh, monitoring and, and logging, Obviously, one of the key ones is security, right? So the, yeah, the various yeah. aspects that come in play from a, a security perspective and 
being able to look at our compliance score within Azure that has given us the ability to say directionally, this is where we need to go next in terms of focus for securing the external resources that we have from a, a cloud perspective. So that just uh, it's just a wealth of information that we're consistently learning and, and trying to, 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 to grow in because it's just so much. I think that's great. Uh, you know what I what I what I hear a lot is that it's it's giving the the SMB access to enterprise grade functionality for right. really a fraction because you're you're just buying what you need and you, and uh, uh, it the speed to implement and the the overall cost is is incredible when when you think about the cloud and the and that concept of the shared security model, um, where I, I think I've heard of, heard it stated as the cloud provider secures the cloud and the the client or in this case Weinstein is responsible for securing inside the cloud, right? Their own applications, right, and, and things like that. Right. Um, has that gained you, you mentioned uh, compliance and uh, those types of frameworks. Has that gained you uh, some speed in responding to those kind of compliance things? Because the infrastructure side is, quote unquote, again, I'll use air quotes, uh, taken care of. Has that helped in that way as well? Oh, absolutely. Because if you look at it from a perimeter perspective, you have the notion of the network security groups and the way the cloud, at least in the context of Azure kind of clouds or guides you is one that it's locked down. So as you want to open up, you have to work through and identify those resources and uh, services, whether it be ports, that kind of thing that you want to open up. So you're, you're effectively for the most part locked down and you then open up those respective uh, pieces that you want to have as externally. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that way you're not working with uh, yeah, these are open and you've got to close everything. Right. Which is kind of a different uh, mindset in terms of, of how you secure and make sure. Right. And, and it's, so many aspects, right, that you don't have to think about in terms of, oh, the external uh, router that's connected, they're maintaining the, the updates and the patching and all those different aspects that come into play with how you, you manage that network infrastructure, right? Um, yeah. Certainly, uh, we make decisions in terms of, of some of the patching and kind of those types of components of our infrastructure. Uh, but there is, when you look at the way the dynamics are set up, it tends to guide you in error on the side of being more secure than being less secure. It would be yeah. at, at, at certainly if, you know, 50,000 feet kind of level. Yeah. I, I, I like that because, uh, uh, I've just been talking with uh, a, a future guest about zero trust and implementing that, and the whole, the whole concept as uh, of trust is a vulnerability. And so I like the concept of it's it's more secure 
almost by default and you have to open things up intentionally exactly. uh, approach. The other thing I wanted to touch on, Troy, is is innovation. And you mentioned that by moving to the cloud, you're getting access to uh, tools and, and services that you might not have been able to implement uh, on your own in your own data center. But I'm curious, has moving to the cloud freed up time on you and your team to allow you to focus on more of the the business innovation, the, the wireless access, uh, keyless access right. uh, at the apartments and things like that? Have you had more time to be able to do that? Certainly, it, it allows us to focus on those things that are really critical. So whether that be the security of our infrastructure, so as we look at the applications, as we look at those services that we enable, we're able to focus on those aspects of security around them. So say, for example, we've deployed tablets as a way for our teams to be able to work with and navigate. It's like a, you know, more or less a portable PC, but they yeah. use those tablets. So having the the expertise and knowing that the core components have been taken care of for us, right? That, that, that we we can count on the fact that, hey, those, those edge routers or that infrastructure that is coming into play is A, secured, it's A, patched, A, it's maintained, means that we focus on the very specific things that we're looking to target to help improve operations. So in the case, like I said, of the tablets, we could focus on the security of the tablets and the monitoring and, and using a mobile device management uh, platform versus us having to worry about aspects of yeah. our infrastructure or the security of our edge parameter, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. I think to me that that was, as I was a CIO in the SMB space uh, a few years ago, that was one of the drivers for for us in going to the cloud was it really freed up the team to spend time on more on the the value add to the business than the keeping the lights on of, of the infrastructure exactly so we're here to talk about myths right and busting this myth troy what would you say to a cio or an it director of an smb company uh, if they told you, well, cloud is only for large companies, it's only for the big enterprises, what what message would you have for them? I, what I would say is take the time to do some of the analysis. And certainly as a uh, IT world where you're looking and the expectation is 24-7 capability, the stability and the security that are just table stakes in terms of expectations from IT these days, I I would struggle to be able to say, hey, can I, in the current world, maintain a data center and all the components around that and really and truly be able to compete with the 
services and this the the stability and and uh, security that a cloud provider is going to offer and certainly yeah. there are different cloud providers out there for different levels uh, of obviously there's the financial you know piece yeah. of it yeah. right and you you do have to think about it from a uh, a capex perspective versus operating expense perspective there's certainly financially there there are pieces and parts of that and that i could buy a server and i could extend the life of that server right uh -huh. you know, yeah i yeah, was in control yeah. of that and you're converting the operating but i i to summarize what i would say is that yes i there's definitely some mindset changes from a financial perspective uh but I would say that the in most cases, I would think operationally, the business would benefit from that foundational increase in stability and security. And as a team wise, you don't have to worry about the fire suppression testing <laughs> that you have yeah, yeah. <laughs> midnight on it, the, those types of things uh, that yeah. come into play or, or the validation of of so many pieces from an infrastructure perspective. Yeah, I I, I love that that visual of doing the fire suppression testing at midnight on a on right a exactly. Night. And yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. you no know, you no longer have to do that. Right, so, right. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I I think that's great. I mean that that to me uh, for uh, someone in a small mid mid sized company, um, not having to do that, and I and I think what ends up happening a lot of times is. They just don't do those things. That's what ends because up because they don't have the time or the resources exactly. to do them, and this helps them them do that. Well, I, I want to end with a with a call to action, and I, I love uh, how you answered the question about what would you tell the CIO or the director of IT who thought it was for larger enterprises. You said start start with uh, assessing where you are and 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 doing that analysis. What's one or two things one of our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today? What would you suggest? In terms of from a cloud perspective, if, if you're not there, I would spend some time just reading and researching in terms of the some of the major providers, uh, some of the capabilities. I would recommend, obviously, there, there's some uh, very large players that are out there starting that analysis and thinking through from a technical perspective. And then the flip side, I would say from a business perspective, give some thought to how you would approach that message, whether it's back to your CFO or from a controller perspective, Hey, we want to think about some of the changes in terms of how we budget and how we spend our IT dollars. How would it make sense to convert some of that from an operating perspective yeah. and uh, think through so that we don't have these huge spikes in CapEx expenditures, we can kind of smooth that out. So start that process of thinking through from a, both a technical and a financial perspective, uh, because I think, at the end of the day, making that move is going to be beneficial for so many aspects of both IT and the business uh, from a perspective of, of just moving into a, a technology direction that I think is well supported and well proven these days. 
I, I think that is great advice for all of our listeners out there uh, as they're contemplating either initial steps into the cloud or the next steps that they may be taking. Troy, I, I really want to take a second and thank you for being on Status Go today. I really appreciate it. I think your experience of moving Weinstein to the cloud uh, really helps other of your peers out there who may be contemplating the same thing. So thank you very, very much. Great. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, Jeff. And certainly if uh, folks have questions, you know, anytime I'm uh, available to, to discuss our experience and journey. Fantastic. Uh, to our listeners, there you have it. Myth busted. The cloud is an excellent option for companies of all sizes. Uh, I think you heard a lot of reasons here today from Troy that it's worth looking into. If you want to learn more and dive deeper into these myths, visit intervision.com slash myths. To find the show notes and the interview transcript, go to intervision.com slash status dash go. The show notes will provide links for Troy and contact information. Uh, and if you're interested in continuing the discussion, we've launched a brand new group on LinkedIn called the Status Go Podcast. Look for us there and join the group and get involved in the conversation. This is Jeff Tun for Troy Collison. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.